Welcome to Life With Your Dog podcast. Our focus is educating dog owners, enthusiasts and dog trainers about ideas on how to train, manage, live and thrive with our dogs. To teach dogs to live in our society while our dogs teach us how to live in the now. I'm your host Panos Anagnostou. And I'm your co-host Luke Badman. Thank you for joining us and we hope you enjoy the show. Welcome back everyone to another Q&A on Life With Your Dog podcast. It's Panos here. I've got a question that I'm going to read out to you, and it's kind of like three kind of questions in the one, and it was from a gentleman from Lebanon called Sivag. Apologies if I haven't pronounced that correctly. So he put a question on one of my videos on my Nutris Pooches YouTube channel, like that's my dog training channel, um, dog training videos channel, so definitely go check that out if you want to see more dog training videos. So it was on a video that I put up and it, and it was called How to Stop a Dog from Eating Things on the Ground. And basically just quickly in that video, it was a little pug cross and she was notoriously eating anything that was on the ground. And so I was in that particular video, I was working on using the look command to get the dog. Every time the dog saw the food that I put on the floor, we're out in public, I put food on the floor every time she looked at it. I said the word look and then I would reward her. I do it a little bit differently these days. So I will run through just as an updated technique. Um, I don't think it's a wrong thing to do. Like in the way that I did in that video, if you guys go out and check it, but I do it a little bit differently now, but the concepts are still the same and I'll explain why. So his question was, my dog is licking the ground while he's walking on the street. He's crazy about sniffing as well as like other dogs poop so obviously eating other dogs poop or whatever what should i do i don't know if he's saying sniffing other dogs poo or he's licking because he's saying he's licking the ground but then he's sniffing other dogs poo what should i do about it so my question was check out the podcast we talk about a whole range of different things and also check out more of the videos because the point here is that there's not just one thing to do to stop your dog from eating off the ground. I think there's many different things. And I think the licking and the sniffing on the ground is a symptom of a lack of structure and a lack of showing the dog what it's supposed to do. Now, I think further on from here, I think I find that he's, I think he said it, it was like we went back and forth for a little bit, was that he's a Jack Russell cross beagle and he's about 12 months old. So he's young, high energy breeds. Beagles are obviously notorious for using the nose since that was the job they were developed for was basically hunting. And then you got your Jack Russell, which was de- developed for sticking around the farm. And every time it heard a rodent or, or another, um, like a snake and things like that, lizards, is that they would then go on and, and attack the, and kill them. So using them to keep rodents off the property, basically. So the part of the terrier breed is that they're very active. They're, they're very environmentally focused as well as the beagle. Beagle were, were meant to go out and then to be hunting, whether it's like rabbits and other different animals like that, depending on what they use them for. So genetically already it's inclined to be sniffing the ground. When a dog's sniffing the ground, it's basically hunting. It's looking for something that it's trying to get. And in this case, it could be that he wants to sniff the other trees for where the dogs have been and where the other dog's poo is or whether he's licking the ground because he's eaten stuff off the ground before. And also he's trying to find other dogs and people because there was a second part of the question, which I'll get to, is that he wants to go up to other people, right? So he's looking for these things. So I wrote a few things that we can address this 
situation. And if your dog's doing similar behaviors, well, then obviously this isn't just for his situation. This is for general. So my first thing would be, well, it's not the first thing, but it's one. If there was two things that were combined in one is that this would be one of them is that using the right tool. So I would use a martingale collar for this dog. Now, if you look at my Nuchis Poochies YouTube channel, you'll find a video that I put up about how to use the martingale collar. There are a few videos that I've also demonstrated different technique on how to establish loose lead walking and better control over the dog. So basically, you want to have a collar, a martingale collar, which sits high up on the dog's neck, right up under the jaw and behind the ears. This is to be able to control their body. You have the collar down low, like a flat collar, or even with a martingale collar, which is sitting too low on the dog's neck that it's going to encourage them well what happens is when the head goes onto the ground you pull up you're still not controlling their head and they're putting more weight whether it's to find another dog sniff their poo whether it's to eat something off the ground you haven't got control over the head but keeping it up high or that's the same with the harness as well so you got no control over the dog's head so then when the dog's eating things off the ground you're trying to pick them up their head's still on the ground because they put more weight down where if you've got the martingale collar up nice and high, then a little bit of pressure, you're able to manipulate their head um, with a lot less pressure. And also you're able to um, control the head, which controls their body. If you're trying to control the dog with their body only, then it becomes very hard. So I think using that collar up high is already number one thing because eating things off the ground is a very dangerous thing for your dog. It was only last year where a client, a Labrador, went out and apparently he ate something. He didn't know the dog ate something off the ground. He was feeling really sick. He went to the vet. They did an x-ray. They found something was inside his intestines, but it looked like it was passing through. So then they let it be. A couple of days went on, obviously monitoring the dog. He still looked a little bit ill, so they checked it. It was passing through, but it kind of got blocked. Anyway, the dog was on the operating table, about to get opened up and had cardiac arrest. Um, unfortunately the dog died because of it eating something off the ground. They, f- they ended up getting the thing out and it was like a washer or some metal item wrapped in like some sort of cloth. So who knows what it was? Was it poisoning? What, did the dog have an obstruction inside the gut? And that's what happened. But at the end of the day, these things could have been avoided. So if we can keep that dog's head up off the ground and stopping eating, um, cooked chicken bones or sticks and glass and, you know, other dogs poop, whatever it is. We don't want that to be happening. Even if it's food, that's edible. We just don't want the dog getting things off the ground. Then, of course, you want to know the use of food when you're walking. So how do you train the dog to keep to encourage him to keep his head up and more focused on us? So what you want to do is you have high-value food that the dog likes. Have it on you. Have it on a, in a treat pouch as you're walking down the street. Then every you, would, you could either encourage a dog to look at you by saying their name or saying a look command. You can teach that or you can just basically free shape it. Every time the dog happens to look in your direction, you use your marker, yes, and then you give the food. And then you catch that as frequently as possible just so you can start showing the dog food comes from me, not from the ground. And it comes from a certain behavior that I'm looking for. If you're focused on me, then food comes. Awesome. And I think that's really important. Of course, then you want to be rewarding certain behaviors that you like, sits and drop and come and all these different behaviors. Now, talk, well, I did mention a few times the look command. Basically, look command is when you have food, you can put the, the food in front of the dog's nose. You lure your hand towards the side of your face. As soon as the dog gives you eye contact, you use that marker. In this case, it's yes, and then we give the dog food. So then what happens is we say, look, the dog looks, yes, and reward. Lure the treat towards your face. 
He looks at you, say the word look at the same time, say yes, and then reward. And then over time, you wean off the, the gesture by put, so you don't want the dog to just be, um, focusing on the hand coming towards your face. You want to say the word look and he looks at you. So you need, there's, there's a few steps and it's not in the scope of, of this conversation here. So there's many different ways of doing it. We, and I'm sure there's heaps of different videos on Nuchis Pooch's YouTube channel. So check that out. But giving that look command is really helpful, especially when he's excited to see other dogs. So focus back on me. You're rewarding them. Perfect. Having that collar up high as well, you're able to use, like if the dog ignores the food and wants to run up to the other dog, well then at least you can solve it because not every dog's approachable and we don't want that, any bad things to happen. Now teaching the leave it command is really important. So in that video I did a little bit differently, I've changed a little bit now and I think it's a good thing as well. So you can't keep the same technique all the time if you find that there's a better way of doing things. Now I like to use the look command to keep the dog looking away from other things back onto me. In this case, I want to teach the dog, leave what it is that you're about to go and put in your mouth. And I think it's a little bit more specific for the dog rather than using a look command. So in, so how to teach it real quickly. And I think we have, I think it was at the beginning of last year or the beginning of this year, possibly there was a little black pug that I've done the leave it command with using a little bit of pressure as well. So you can check that video out. But in, in a nutshell, you have the martingale nice and high up and um, on the dog's neck. You have obviously the lead in your hand and you put some food on the floor. Ideally, do start this on concrete or tile so you can see where the food is and the dog can see it. You let the dog go close to the food, but don't let him eat the food. Very important in the training of it is that you don't let him get the reinforcement off the floor. You um, put a little bit of pressure on the dog's collar and at the same time you say, leave it. And what happens is... He feels the pressure, says leave it, and if you're pulling a look, like that gentle pressure towards you, the dog will look in your direction. You release the pressure, and then at the same time you say yes, and then give the dog food. Again, I'll do that slowly. The dog's going towards the food. You put a little bit of pressure on the collar. He looks in your direction by saying, so as soon as you put the pressure on, say the word leave it. The dog looks in your direction, release the pressure, so there's no more tension in the collar. And at the same time you say yes, and then you give food. This is also important that you charge your marker so the dog knows what, in this case, what yes means. And through that conditioning, the dog should know when I say the word yes, that food is guaranteed on the way. Again, go back to the episode about marker training. It was one of the earlier episodes, like I think number four possibly. Um, and this is really important for that as well. So the dog's going towards the food, leave it, pressure. Dog looks at you, you release the pressure, you say yes. Now, when you're giving the food, don't give the don't give the dog the food. Put the food out in like in front of your knee, and then take a couple of steps back. The dog will come towards your hand and your feet. So you want the dog leaving the food and coming back to us. Now, this is just the first step of how to teach the lever. Over time, obviously, the goal would be is that you see the dog sees the food, you say leave it with no pressure. The dog looks at you and you reward them. This would be like three or four steps down the track. Then over time, you would then be walking towards the food. Obviously, you need to generalize this behavior, not just doing this at home, but doing this, set this up in many environments, put food down the ground, go for a walk halfway down the street, come back to it, and then walk past it. As soon as the dog looks at it, you say, leave it. If he decides to run up to it because it's very tasty to him, then that pressure goes on. The dog looks. You must release the pressure when you reward them. And in amongst all of this... um technique and through your pro progress is that you want to start rewarding intermittently so don't reward every single one 
And the reason for that is because if you reward every single time and then one and four times in a row you don't reward it, the dog will then go, well, then why listen to you? I'm going to go for it. So you want to be able to show them that you're introducing the maybe to the, to the equation. Very important for this. But you all, but the reason for this as well is that we don't do this purely positive and we do apply some negative reinforcement. So that pressure on the lead is because if the dog doesn't feel like taking the food from you, but really wants that thing off the ground, we're still stopping the dog from doing it rather than, um, having to drag him away. We want to be able to use that pressure to show because there's going to be times where you walk past something, the dog goes, wow, what is that? And goes to eat that bit of bread or whatever it is on the ground and that pressure, leave it. The dog looks away. You release the pressure. So there's still, the dog's still feeling a sense of reinforcement when the pressure goes off the collar. So this is how we use negative reinforcement through training. And we probably need to go into more detail about that. But this is a little bit of a, of a nutshell of what you can start to practice. So that's why it differs a little bit to how you saw in, in the video there. And of course, there are times where once the dog understands 100% what leave it means, and there may be times where you may issue a correction, where the dog then goes towards the food, you say leave it and he ignores it. You can then give a sharp pop on the lead to, in, to follow through with what you've asked and he's decided not to do it. So then that's where that, it's different from the pressure. It's a quick little pop on the side of the lead there. So you're doing that to show him that, well, the, the command still applies even if I don't have food on me. This is very important. But that's once you teach the command, the dog needs to know the command before you give him a correction. For it, and this is very important as well. I put here eating poop, like in my questions here. Like I don't know if you meant, if you meant he's eating the poo or he's just trying to lick the dog's poo. Like I would always correct him for eating poo. Like I don't have to teach him leave it or not. Like if you're going to lick the poo, you're getting the correction because that's just gross. Um, it can transfer a lot of um, bacteria, disease, and just it's just an unwanted behavior. You can just stop that from the beginning. Um, but with food, it's different because. You do want him to eat food, but you want him to eat food in the right context where you never want him to eat poo, so you should always correct that. But I don't know if he means you're eating the poo. I think you're just sniffing it. And if you're sniffing it, well, then that just means that dog poo is more exciting than you. You need to become more valuable in in your dog's life, and you need to start working on some more engagement. The second question here was, so one last question. I used to train my dog indoors and outdoors. He used to listen to me, but now we... But now when he became a mini adult, he's 12 months old now, he's not listening to me. Like before, like if I say sit, he does, he doesn't do it because he's just thinking about the other dogs. Also, he wants to mate. He just wants to go outside and play with other dogs or be loved by someone. He comes to me and begs me to take him outdoors. Also, if he wants to poop as well. So. From what I gathered from what you said there is that he wants to play with other dogs all the time. So, all right. Listen to our episode, the 2020 rule, um, the structured walking episode, because that's going to answer a lot of your question there is that, again, these are symptoms of you having no structure in the dog's life or in the dog's activity. So what I would do is with that 2020 rule means that 20 minutes structured walk, 20 minutes on a 10 meter long lead where he can have fun, pee, poo, play, sniff, and then have the engagement with the other dogs if it's appropriate. Also, I'd be definitely incorporating training in both the structured and the long lead walk. The long lead time, sorry. And then you want to do your last 20 minutes of structured walk back home. So that way there, it's not just every time you go out, you get to play and, and you say you, he wants to mate other dogs. So again, I don't know if it's a, that 
uh, translation issue here, like from what you meant, or if you actually means he wants to mate other dogs. Well, if your dog's not dissex, or if he's entire and he still has his testicles, and he wants to then mate with other dogs, you need to stop that, man, because we don't want other dogs breeding with random dogs. Keep breeding to breeders, period. So if your dog's in, entire and you need to manage him even more than if he was dissex. If he was dissex, then you know that he can't actually... Um, make another dog pregnant. So this is very important stuff. If you're letting your dog running off the, off the lead, then there's, um, which is, I think my next one here is that, you know, you're using other, for example, other dogs that he wants to play with, their motivation, they are reinforcement to him. So him, him, him bark, begging to go out and you open the door and then I'm assuming he's then playing with other dogs. Well, then you're giving him what he wants, which is his reinforcement playing with the other dogs. Well, by doing the behavior of begging or barking at the door. So, what you need to do is show him that, yes, you can play with other dogs, but you've got to follow the rules first. So let's just say, for example, before you leave the house, again, structured walk is a structured walk. Listen to that episode and um, because we go with a lot more detail in it. But structured walk means that your dog walks on a loose seat next to you. As you're walking, if you stop, the dog stops. You say sit, the dog sits. You say okay, then he's allowed to walk again. So if you can do that, you're then showing him the walk is a, is a, is a job, man. You've got to do something. When we get to the park, put you on the long lead, that's when we can play. But you still want to be able to have a, a recall. So you want to teach your dog to come back to you and be able to hold a down stay. So you tell your dog down, he holds it until you release him. And when you call him to come, he can come to you, even if he's in the situation of playing with another dog. And that way there, you're, you're starting to control it. But you need the management. If you're letting your dog off the lead, playing with dogs, and then you haven't trained him to come back to you or make yourself valuable... Why is he ever going to come back to you? So while he's playing with other dogs. So you should think about that. And then um, focus on your obedience training. Very important. And when he says be loved by someone, like I'm assuming that you mean that he gets pats for jumping on them. Like um, I'm assuming that's what that means. And if that's the case, well, then make him do a behavior that he needs to do to get the pat. For example, if you're walking down the street and someone thinks your dog's really cute and wants to pat your dog, then you tell your dog to sit. And then you then get the person to invite your dog into their space. Or you can even give the random person a treat. So then once the dog is obedient and sitting, then they can give the food to reinforce the behavior. And most of the time, to be honest, 80, 90% of the time, you should just walk past other people. And if people want to pat your dog, just tell them he's in training and he needs to learn not to be loved by everybody because he needs to follow you. Because at the moment, it sounds like your dog's comp complicating your walk and your life rather than complementing the walk. So it's very important that you're very clear with your dog and your dog knows what he's supposed to do. So as, as I said before, these are all symptoms to no structure. You start working on structure, a lot of the behaviors that you find undesirable won't ha be happening as much because you're already fulfilling his needs in ways that he needs them. And it's good that he wants to um, he begs you to go to open the door for him to go outside to the toilet. So if that's the case, yeah, keep that up if he's doing it. But again, we need to get into more details about where's he going to the toilet. Is it the backyard to go the, to go poop, or is it the front where he's playing with these dogs? So it's very hard for me to to give any advice about that. But if it's in your backyard, well then, yeah, if he's coming to you to say, hey, I need to go toilet, that's awesome, man. Especially if you haven't got a doggy door, then you want to you want to listen to your dog and let him go and eliminate where it's um, appropriate. So keep that up. Also, you had another question here saying something about measurements. Because I, I recommend the ROGS martingale collar, so you definitely check them out. 
they're the only ones that I use at this stage because they're strong, they're reliable, they're um, they're great in regards. The only problem is that if you have a smaller dog, then you can't get a smaller one. So I use a different brand in Australia. I use Kumalong. In other countries, I'm not sure, but um, they only go to a certain size, the medium and the large. So he was, um, and you're asking me about different sizes. So you're just gonna have to measure your dog's neck and then suss it out. If it doesn't work out, I don't know, return it or give it to a friend or something, or just have one for spare. But um, but definitely get one that when you adjust it, that when it sits up high on the dog's neck, is that when you apply the pressure, the two rings do not touch. That's how I use it. Check out that video on my on Nutri's Pooch's YouTube channel for more of a guided description about that. So. And look, in, on top of all of this, and I'm only giving you my advice and I'm looking at a camera and talking to a microphone, is that you probably need to invest in a dog trainer, a good balanced dog trainer with good reviews and has good experience to help you out. So I know you're out in Lebanon, so you know I can only give you as much as I can. Um, so definitely check one out. Maybe you can I can find a, a, a dog trainer in Lebanon if, if he's part of our um, balanced group that I'm a part of. So I can probably try to give different recommendations for trainers all around the world. However, get on to training, man. I think this is all, you know, there's no magic fix with, with all of these behaviors. It's all about going, all right, what's a good management technique? What's a good training technique? And how are you going to keep consistent? So that's a wrap up for today's Q&A. Thanks for listening and taking the time to to listen to the show. Really um, appreciate all the support. I'm getting a lot of feedback from many different people and we're getting more downloads each week. So this is awesome. So thank you so much. And it was Christmas just the other day. So Merry Christmas to you all. And the new year's coming. Uh, this is going to be released on Sunday. So the new year will be approaching in a couple of days after that. So the next episode that you'll hear us, it will be in 2020. So until then, um, have a, a good one. Be, st- be safe and Look out for your dog. Keep training and exercising even on your days off. Very important. Stay in routine. If there's any questions, please hit us up in any comments below or get straight to us um, from our website, lifewithyourdogpodcast.com. And again, have a good day and we'll speak to you later. Thank you. Thank you for listening to another show of Life With Your Dog. Please like, rate and share if you're enjoying our podcast. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook and YouTube. For all dog training videos, tips and techniques, visit nooches Thank you and stay tuned for next time.